Welcome to Batchadamia, a podcast so educational it could be a university class. With your hosts, Danielle Dick McGue, Kim Hanna, and Bill Henniger. Welcome to Batchadamia. We are about to have a snowy spring break, and I have Kim with me today. I said that Kim is the bee's knees. And then I thought about it. I was like, what does this phrase mean? Like, do bees have knees? Are they nice knees? Like, what do you know anything about this phrase? Yeah. I feel like bees knees is like 1920s slang when they were just drunk all the time and just made up stuff. Because I don't think bees have knees. Yeah, it's a really weird thing. I'm like going to have to search this. I'm sure that it has an interesting is it etymology, like the history of words? I don't know. I'm making up words. But anyway, I'm gonna Google it while you do the. Oh, oh wait, I already found it. What is it? Um, it's there was a drink. Okay, there was a drink in the 20s that was called the Bee's Knees. So, uh, 1920s. Yeah. So. There were several original origins, but it seems likely that the imitation of numerous animal-related nonsense phrases popular in the 1920s, such as the cat's pajamas, cat's whiskers, um, a popular folk etymology, that's a big word that I don't know, so hopefully the professor over here will tell us what that means, has the phrase referring to world champion dancer B. Jackson. So maybe it's the dancer's knees. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, it's also a drink that I think we should maybe try to recreate sometime. I'm just... Gin, ooh, gin, lemon juice, and honey. Oh, the bee's knees. I, I, you all, this is already shaping up to be quite the educational episode. Look at us go. <laughs> Kim, Thank God for Google. I missed her. How's life, Kim? It's so good. It's very good. It's March... We made it through the worst of winter, although it sounds like winter's coming tomorrow again for us. Um, I'm just settled in in my house. I've not really done a whole lot in January, Um, but spring, we're so close to like being able to be outside all the time and I'm, I'm here for it. Oh, I know, me too. I'm ready for sunshine and less work. (laughs) so yes I hope you can't hear my teeth chatter over the microphone because I'm so cheap that I keep my cold at a balmy 66 degrees I also blame my childhood for that um so I'm like freezing in my basement right now but I refuse to put on another layer so you might hear my teeth chatter throughout the episode meanwhile I have my house like set at 70 and a blanket on I have a blanket I have a blanket but I'm chilly still that's awesome so i've got a fun question for us okay. today to get going yep. have you ever written or received a really cringy love note i have not i feel like any love note is a cringy love note <laughs> um i've gotten some questionable text messages oh that's good i mean maybe texts are the cringy love note of, I don't know, whatever, the 20s. <laughs> yeah. The 20s. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I definitely have gotten some creepy or, wow, we are not on the same page text messages. Um, but no emails or handwritten. I love a handwritten letter. If anyone wants to send me a handwritten letter, I would read it and I would love it. But I do not have, I have not received any handwritten love notes. Uh, so I can think of a particularly cringy one that I wrote after a breakup. Oh no. I'm so you wrote. Yeah, I'm so embarrassed <laughs> by it. Like, I don't know. I probably was maybe 18 or 19, and my boyfriend and I broke up, and I just I really thought maybe we'd get back together. And I wrote him this really long letter. I don't know all that it said, but I bet that it was just full of sweet nothings. And it oh, was desperate. No. It was desperate. And I think that I signed it in a really embarrassing way too. <laughs> and, you know, it's like one of those things then like we met because we were living in the same towns. I like met and I like handed off this letter and I remember driving away and being like, that was a bad idea. That was a bad yeah. idea. Too much vulnerability. I'm not going to get my feelings reciprocated here. Oh, so I hope that he burned it. You know, like, I am it's not in someone's like a box in someone's basement somewhere. I hope it is. I applaud you for putting yourself out there. That's brave. You put yourself out there. You got hammered down, but you tried. You said, hey, fella. Hey, fella. This is me. This is where I am. And then he went, yeah, no, okay, bye-bye. But I bet he didn't. I bet he just ignored it completely and nev you never heard from him again. Oh, may maybe he never even read it. Like that. Maybe he didn't get it. Did you put it in his hands? I did. I did, unfortunately. No. <laughs> I, did. <laughs> I did. I don't know. It was just, it was really bad. Uh -oh. I think, you know, I don't know for, for sure. But you know that like tear like that kid's book, like I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always. I yeah. think I might have signed the letter with that. How old are you? It, like 18. You know, <laughs> it's been it's been a long time, but yeah, I had lots of feelings. Did you text me his name? I want to look him up no. on the book of faith. <laughs> you like want to see, do you have evidence of this letter? We want to read it on our podcast. <laughs> I am obsessed with like when people are talking about someone from their past, I immediately am like, what's their name? So I can like Google them and I like to have a mental picture of what they look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, this is, you know, kind of related. My sister ran into an old friend of mine, but he was also like kind of my first boyfriend, like, you know, in eighth grade. Aww, and she okay. ran into him at a party this weekend. And, you know, I haven't seen him in over like 20 years. So that's like a weird blast from the past. So yeah, the universe is trying to tell you something, Danielle. But it was not, I, he's not who I wrote the cheesy letter to. <laughs> I probably did write a cheesy letter to him. Did you write him a letter? Probably. Oh. I wrote lots. I 
you know, I had feelings and I expressed them a lot in the form of letter in my teen years. Oh, see, that's where we differ. Because if I liked someone, I would completely ignore them and be like super awkward and not engage with them at all so that they would just like have no idea that I actually liked them. That's clearly worked for me for the last 25 years. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So no letters, more of a gazing from a distance, wishing they would realize that we would be perfect for each other. Do you oh, think yeah. that Bill's written any cringy letters? Oh, a hundred percent. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. That's awesome. I wonder if he's written any to Elaine because I feel like she would show them to us. Oh, we should ask. We should ask. <laughs> I don't know. I I want to, he really hates poetry. So I like to think that he's written Elaine some good poetry. I hate poetry too. I hate it so much. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here for poetry. Ugh. I am so black and white. Do not write flowery crap. I don't like, tell me how you feel. I do not get subtlety. I That's part of my problem. I do not get subtlety. So if you're like, Subtly trying to tell me you like me? No idea. You're, you're like, like, the metaphor in this poem isn't literal enough. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you have to be like, Kim, I want to date you right now. Let's go to a restaurant and make out a little bit. Great. Sounds perfect. But you can't, like, I have, you have to be very clear with me or I will not pick up on it. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I want to talk more about cringy letters as we work through the episode. Right. Yes, because I have some comments about something that I texted you last night while we were watching it. Yeah, good. Bring on those comments. All right. So a quick recap, y'all. So if it's been a few days since you've seen it or you haven't seen it, here we go. So they head to Budapest, which I think would be a cool city to visit. Um, we learned that Greer has recovered from COVID, but I got to say, even from the get go, it doesn't seem that promising for her. Like Zach seems kind of tentative and you're like, Ooh, okay. But Zach's a nice guy. So he strings her along. Is, right? he, is he a nice guy? We should talk about that because yeah, him stringing her on, not a nice guy move. Um, I, I, well, I'll say it this way. Who is the last guy? Clayton. Clayton. I do like Zach better than Clayton. I think. I mean, it's like comparing like Putin and Stalin. <laughs> oh my God. Who's worse? Who's better? I don't think that Clayton or Zach are as bad as Putin or as Stalin. I just want to put that out there. I understand <laughs> there is a very big difference between the Bachelor guys and two of the worst leaders ever yeah zag just strings greer along he nothing more sinister happens so he asks katie <laughs> on a second one-on-one -on -one, and they walk around and they almost share some personal information with each other <laughs> like zag's genealogy i don't know and her favorite color is purple like, oh, let's swap some facts about ourselves. Let me, I don't know. It just cracked me up. Nerd. Danielle, what's your favorite color? My favorite color, Caribbean teal. That's very specific. Yes, it's this color. Like, oh. 
For our listeners, she just moved her camera to see the wall. <laughs> That's the color of paint on her wall. It's I my favorite that. color. It's a nice, it's a nice deep teal. It is like both that. happy and yet calming. It's nice. but calming color, I think. I like it. How about you, Cam? I I have different, I have like five different favorite colors because that's why you love me. Um, I also like purple. I think dark purple is one of the prettiest colors and it is also very flattering on me because I have green eyes. I do not like pale purple or lavender. So I'm very specific on the shade. I also like blue and I like yellow and I like red. Hey, we know and orange. We know each other's favorite colors. We should get engaged. We know more about each other than we know about Zach right now. Absolutely. That is true. So after they exchange these random facts about each other that is not much at all, they write each other some love letters. And I have a lot of feelings about <laughs> these letters. Because I just feel like they could be a little more specific. But anyway, that night... Zach describes himself as flabbergasted with Katie. And I I think that's a good thing in this context. And then Katie talks about how, how men in her life have always left her. She shares a really powerful story. She cries. And then we learn nothing about mm -hmm. Zach or his family. And um, he's not great about, like, empathy. No. Well, so I think that he seems like a decent listener in the sense that he is quiet and he's paying attention. That being said, I can't always tell how empathetic his facial expressions are. And he kind of responds with these very generic responses. And I think like what gets me is that he does not reciprocate. Yeah. Like we don't know all of these women have shared some powerful stories with him. And I find it bizarre that he hasn't shared back. And I keep wondering, like, are they just cutting it out? But it seems like from a production standpoint, that if he had shared and reciprocated, that they would want to have aired that. So it seems very it, weird. It would make him look better if they showed that he wasn't a robot every once in a while. He definitely is the AI bachelor, bachelor. But yeah, so this happens um, somewhere along the way. I don't remember where in the episode. Greer does fly back to Budapest and then probably gets dumped. And I know that you have some thoughts on that. Um, so we will get to that. They announced the group date and we learned that Brooklyn is going to get the one-on-one. -on -one. At this point, Kat is really just spiraling. They go to see a mentalist, which I thought was <laughs> such an interesting date. I mean, so I wasn't quite sure what a mentalist is, but it's basically a psychic magician. Um, there was a lot of emotional labor required to attend the state. Um, women disclose all sorts of things about themselves. And once again, Zach does not. Um, but Gabby does say, holy shiitake mushrooms. And so I keep watching. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gabby then does end up getting the group date rose. Um, 
At this point, I'm actually really worried about Brooklyn's fate because at some point he described her as a real cowgirl. And I don't know much, really anything about Zach, but I will tell you this, he doesn't really come across as a cowboy. Mm -mm. (laughs) um, When she got the one-on-one and she was so excited about it and Kat was spiraling, I was like, ooh, girl, like, I don't know that I think it's a good thing that she got the one-on-one. But anyway, they take a bath together. Again, there's lots of bath group bath dates on these episodes and then at dinner Brooklyn explains how important her family is and how she would only be inviting Zach to spend time with her family if she was really sure about him and at this point Zach can't breathe and so he needs to go take a walk and stare pensively at Budapest skyline Um, and then he comes back in and he dumps Brooklyn so Then it's rose ceremony time, and it's kind of clear that Kat is going to go home. She's not sure about things, and if there's anything I am sure about, it is that if anybody is wishy-washy, Zach will let them go. So we see a super cute take of, was it Katie and Ariel at the end? Yes, it was awesome. I I wanted to. That was my favorite part of the whole show. (laughs) It was. It was my favorite part, too. It was so fun. And um, so we have this, like, wonderful little clip. And then we see some previews that suggest that Zach doesn't want to have sex in the fantasy suites. And that families are shockers, skeptical of the entire Bachelor process. So that was Monday Night in a Nutshell. So my first question for you, Kim, is have you been shocked by anyone that's been sent home? Um, you know, not really, um, because there isn't like he is not keeping people around that. I don't want to say are entertaining because I think the final four that we have are all great, fun women who clearly enjoy being around each other. But he's been so adamantly anti-drama that there hasn't been any, like, buddy that he's kept around that everyone else hates. Like, he got rid of the Mandrell girl, um, like, immediately after she started causing problems. The whole idiotic Instagram followers debacle of 2023 with Anastasia. He got rid of her right away. Like... He just doesn't keep people around that emote any sort of, I might make your life a little bit challenging, maybe, maybe once a month. Like he just gets rid of them before there's any chance of any really getting to know if it was just like a one-off thing. Like the Instagram thing there, they all have Instagram followers. There were there. She probably, it was probably like a side comment about, cause they're, they have a lot of time to just like, sit around and stare at each other so yeah um see I appreciate his decisiveness and I don't in some ways like I wouldn't mind that he was letting all these people go if he just is like nope I'm gonna take a stand no drama that's interesting like that that's kind of an interesting thing my problem is is that then I want to see him creating these like really amazing connection with the women 
And I don't think that it feels like he is because it doesn't seem two-sided because he's never sharing. Like he, they're getting vulnerable with him, but he doesn't seem to be getting vulnerable at all. Do you think he just has, he comes from such a normal background and such a normal family that he just doesn't have anything? I mean, I feel like everyone has something, even if you come from the most normal, great family on the history of the planet. I feel like there's something there that you could talk about that. And didn't he talk about at in last season, like, didn't he, like, we don't really know much about him from last season either, except that he lost a lot of weight, right? That's like his oh, personality yeah. trait. And they haven't yeah. like, brought any of didn't talk about that at all this season, which is oh. good and bad. Like, I don't, we don't need to have a, conversation about you know I was really unhappy and then I lost all the weight now I'm now my life is perfect because that's not real life either but there's nothing we know nothing do his parents like each other has his dad ever did his dad ever like leave him at a baseball game and like remember halfway home oh crap I left my kid at a base like nothing we have no stories about him and that's the thing, like, he doesn't need to, like, reciprocate by, like, sharing his own traumas. He just, like, needs to reciprocate by, you know, or, like, when he says, oh, yeah, like, I've had really challenging relationships, too, or, like, I was really hurt in the past. Give me some details. Right. Yeah. So what did you think about this Greer thing? I thought it was, I thought they did her so dirty. Like, <clears throat> it, we've joked about how it was clear that they didn't like Logan on Gabby and Nicole Rachel's season because, like, when he got COVID, they sent him home. He did not get any camera time, nothing. So she gets COVID. They keep – did she have COVID when they were – did she get COVID when they were still in London? So did she have to quarantine in London, or did she get it when they were in Estonia and she had to quarantine in Estonia? We don't know because they didn't talk about it. But then – they make her pack, come to Budapest, and then get humiliated by him again for no purpose. Like, that could have, he could have done that over Zoom and not brought her to Hungary. Like, maybe if they hadn't had to buy her plane ticket, they could have afforded to do more fun stuff in Budapest besides sit around in tubs all day. Like, <laughs> What is the day budget for this country? They did nothing. Like Budapest is a really fun, cool city, and they did nothing. Well, I these think, days were boring. I think that's the thing is that the moment that they let her come back, she had to have gotten her hopes up. Yes. And I like, otherwise she would be like, well, they sent Logan home, so they didn't send me home. So maybe, maybe there's a chance. And then he brings her, and then she cry like. But also her reaction was a little bit more than it needed to be. Like the heaving, crying, and the makeup all over her face. It's not like you've been in a four-year relationship and you were two minutes from getting married and he broke up with you. Like you've been on two dates, maybe? So the whole thing seemed very engineered and I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So the only person that I feel like has been sent home that I've been a little shocked by was actually Jess. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was surprised when he sent Jess home only because I felt like she was someone that I could have imagined making it closer to the end. And so that mm-hmm. was a little bit surprising for me. 
And his reasoning was, wasn't it like she was upset because she didn't get a one-on-one because she didn't, she needed to have that time with him to get to know him. And he sent her home because she was complaining that she, he didn't know her well enough because he didn't give her a one. They were trying, they were, they were making up stuff to get, get her off the show. I think that felt like the first time, like that I really felt what you mentioned earlier, which is, Oh, he hit any sort of conflict in his response rather than working through that conflict with them was to be done. And I think that that's really interesting because didn't him and Rachel have like a pretty decent conflict too. And then he sent himself home. Yep. I don't think the man can, can handle conflict. So good luck with your two minute engagement. If we even get one. Yeah. Fascinating. I saw a really funny thing on Instagram where you know he's about to send somebody home because he makes the same face. And then they showed a slideshow of his face right before he sends. And it is the exact same facial expression every time. It's awesome. That is awesome. Oh, our nonverbals, they give us away some time. So So much. I have a question. How much do you think two people need to know about each other before getting engaged? Um, I think they need to know last names. I think they need to know food allergies, favorite colors, um, what side of the bed you like. If you have a uncle that is going to be creepy and come by the house a lot asking for money, some of those things are probably important. Do you think that the women like Zach because they like him and they like know him? Or do you think that it's just because he's the bachelor and they're competing? You know how sometimes if you don't know if you're going to get something and you want it, it makes you want it more. I feel like a lot of that's happening here. Well, they keep talking about how he's so wonderful and he's such a great guy. And I keep waiting for us to see examples of that. And we don't really see, I haven't really seen a lot of examples where he goes out of his way to be like a, again, we don't see everything. And maybe when the cameras aren't rolling, he's like this really neat, really nice guy, but we're the audience we're the important people in this relationship and we have no idea what's going on yeah I don't find that he's like particularly jerky (laughs) I don't think he's a jerk yeah I also don't find him particularly like affectionate or particularly he's a non-entity yeah like yeah does he hold hands I guess he holds hands sometimes well I do think like he is kisses a lot yeah, I think that there's like some physical affection there, but like in terms of, again, like he'll express how much he likes people, but a lot of times the things that he says to them and they say back to him are so vague, right? Yep. Maybe with Ariel, he's been a little bit more specific about what it is that he finds interesting about her, but I don't know. He seemed a little nervous when she started describing her family, though. Like, I can't wait to see him around her Eastern European family next week. Like, bring it on. This is going to be awesome. 
Do you have any predictions about all this sex stuff? Did you see it coming? No, but I, I, I'm going to be interested to see how it's portrayed. If it is portrayed as a, he views it as something he only wants to do with the person he is actually marrying. So he doesn't want to sleep with three different women before he proposes to a woman. I kind of respect that. Um, but if he doesn't tell any of the women that he will not be sleeping with them until they get to the room, I don't like that. Like, yeah. if this is something he springs on them after their fantasy suite date, but before they go to the actual fantasy suite, that I don't like that for him. I don't like that choice. But if he's up front with them and he's very clear from the beginning of each of their one-on-one -on -one dates for those nights and says, hey, you know, I don't want to cheapen what what I have with my future fiance because we know they probably won't actually get married but what you know like I want to wait I only want to sleep with the person that I'm going to be with at the end of the show but he, he has to be open about it at the beginning if he waits until they're in the hotel room that's that's awful well and you would hope that it we like help. it too and we don't want to be like side like blindsided well and I would hope that it would be a good conversation between you know, two people explaining like, hey, this is why this decision is important to me. Like, how do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. like, um, yeah, I'm really kind of fascinating. Fast uh, I'm really kind of fascinating. You are fascinating. Well I done. Fascinating. Way to be aware of who you are as a person. I didn't necessarily see that coming as a plot line for this season. And so yeah. I do think that though they are trying to play up that Zach's just a good guy. And I don't know if purity is part of one's goodness. <laughs> We're going to see that play out. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it, I'm just like, I don't know. It's so well, and purity, like, is he? I feel like if he was a virgin, which I hate that word, that's not a real thing, but if he was a virgin, they would have been playing it up all season long. Yeah. So he's clearly like. Well, and I do think that that is interesting that somebody might make um, the choice for a reason that's different than virginity or a reason that's different than necessarily their like religious convictions or something like that. And so I do find it interesting in some ways that, that he might make this decision. I'm just going, I wonder if it is so kind of tied to this like larger, like morality or connection of goodness in a way that I have some skepticism around. So, yeah. all right. Do you got a wild card for us, Kim? I do. <laughs> so <laughs> that laugh. I I know. I'm sorry. I was not evil laugh. So my first, I have a I have a question before we even really get started on my wild card. Do they like you've been watching the show a lot longer than I have? And granted, when we when I started watching it, we were at a hotel at the La Quinta in New Mexico for like five years. But um, do they only go to Europe when they? Or like the Caribbean 
or Mexico when they leave Los Angeles or do they actually go other places too? Like, have they ever been to South Africa or another African country or do they go to India or any of the South Asian uh, countries or is it strictly like Europe or the Caribbean? That's a great question. Bachelor data should take this on. That would be a great thing to look at what regions they've traveled to. I think that they've been to more diversity of places than just like those like two or three. But I also don't know that I can think of a like, I don't know that I think they've gone to any African countries or yeah, I think a lot of different Asian yeah because i would i would audition for the bachelor if i thought i could go on an african safari a hundred percent um but what i have noticed because we have basically in my long three years of watching this show can you believe it <laughs> not even three years because we're just coming up on the third anniversary of the beginning of what the heck is going on in this world miss um there are always fabulously adorable, very ethnically appropriate for the country that they are in, old people, elderly folk, in the background, hanging out, or interacting with the couple, asking that, like, and it's clearly that, oh, how, how long have you been dating? Oh, you know, we've been together 40 years, or we've been, we met here, or we met here. And it's so adorably hilarious to me that there's just always these random elderly couples behind them as if it's to say to the audience look people get married and they stay married i mean not on our show nobody actually gets married on our show but look it happens behind them and then my ultimate favorite thing happened this whole season happened um this episode when brooklyn and zach are in the giant bathtub because again, apparently in Budapest, the only thing you do is go to bathhouses. Um, this guy is like floating on his, they're having a conversation. And then this guy just like floats on his back behind them. And it's just like his head is above water. And it's just like this random guy just float. It made me laugh so hard because it's always like the weird, um, like, when, and I shouldn't say weird, but like the planted um, couple, naked couple in Estonia when they were in the sauna and it was yeah, clearly yeah. like that. I don't actually think they were naked, but they did the, the bars to make it look like they were naked. And then they were just hanging out in the sauna with them. Like all of these people have to sign releases. This isn't just like spontaneously happening that these cup, these older people are just showing up all the time. So I guess my wild card is keep them coming because I love them. And um, two, I, I, we need more floater guys just in the background, just floating on by in the bathtub. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. Absolutely. It's got some like Bachelor in Paradise energy. <gasps> well, if they would ever do the freaking Bachelor Seniors show, which they've been oh, casting yeah. for two years, and you, I don't think it's ever actually going to happen. That's who they should have on that, not like 50-year-olds. That shouldn't. There should be no one under the age of like 65 on Bachelor Senior, and none of them should 
have ever or could ever um be like in a mr and mrs america pageant like i want real looking 70 year old people men with like scary eyebrows and no hair coming out of their nose that's who i want to see all the time because that's amazing i just think that it's funny the way in which i think you're spot on that they do this as a way to persuade us that these relationships are real look they're certified by a couple that's been married for 40 years who could just see the real yeah. love in their eyes as they well, rolling through Budapest. That, and the couple that they met who are playing chess in the bathtub, I shouldn't say bathtub. It's like a giant pool, but it's a bath. It's, it's a, it's a Hungarian bath. They're at a bathhouse. They're playing chess. Love it. Love it. But they were like, they probably looked like they were in their seven sixties or seventies maybe. And they were like, yeah, we met here 25 years ago and we've been married ever since. And so it's like, so, so should I just go to this? Maybe I should go to Budapest and just hang out in this giant bathtub at this bathhouse. And maybe I will meet my soulmate and I will get to become one of the old European people in the background in like 30 years. And if that is what my life trajectory should be all in, yeah, let's do you it. You never know unless you try it. I'm just, I know. I maybe also do think that they use it as like evidence you're right. Like the ethnicness of the people that they choose is like, here is evidence that we are really in Budapest and this is not just right. a green screen. We're not backlit. We didn't hire all of the Ukrainian immigrants in LA to come and say they're Hungarian. That's not a thing we did. No, I mean, I, I don't know about Estonia because I've never been there, but I, they were in London. I mean, I, they, they legit were in London, but maybe, maybe it's all AI generated images. Maybe that's <gasps> why, you know, we're all like horrified that they like put Greer on a plane back to Budapest, but like, or to Budapest, but like in actuality, it, they all are just in the mansion the whole time. That's true. It's screens. It's, I mean, yeah, I they, I don't know. I'm like, so here's, okay. So I don't, here's something else. Folks. It is a simulation. And here's something I learned today. Also, I, I, um, watched an interview that Zach gave. They take, so he's like, yeah, when we're out filming in the different places, we take a day to do the one-on-ones and we take a day to do the group date. And then each place we do a day of shower filming. So that's why there are so many scenes of him showering this season because they're literally taking B-roll of him in the shower every day, so they can intersperse it in with the filming because I think there's not enough action going on. So they're trying to fill it with pictures of him in the shower. Oh, y'all. Investigative journalism. Not really. I just watched a video on Instagram, but it's crazy. How much would you all hate me as a friend if I just started taking like b-roll of myself showering and posting all of the time on Instagram it's like Danielle's feet in the water <laughs> it's like Danielle's elbow in the shower I was gonna say I think you have to be careful what you post because I think Instagram is really a stickler about <laughs> some of that stuff um they don't want any role of me taking a shower ever <laughs> in public well, <laughs> 
I mean, he's clearly wearing swim trunks. So if you're wearing a swimsuit, it's okay. You could be like the girls in the bathtub at the end. They were in swimsuits. I mean, everybody was in swimsuits the whole time in the bathtubs this episode. Yeah, yeah, they were. This, like, all feels kind of pointed because our water heater went out yesterday. (laughs) I can't can't shower right now because it is, like, ice, ice cold. And so I, like, feel like all this bath talk is just, like, mocking me. The universe is like, ha-ha. Adults so are you, Can I ask a question? Are you just not like bathing until you get the new water heater? Well, probably gonna have to give in. It's only been one day that I haven't showered. So I took a bath yesterday, okay. but then our water heater went out. We think last night and we thought we got it back on actually. So we thought it was just our pilot. So yeah, you gotta reset it. This morning I went to go take a bath and it was all ice cold water again. So then we did turn it on again. We're actually trying to warm it up to see if maybe we can get the kids in the bath tonight. But if not, we do have people coming to our house tomorrow. I hope they can either like fix it well enough that until we get a new one in, we can have some hot water. If not, our parents are going to see a lot of us. I was going to say, don't your parents live down the street? Just Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... Come Friday, if I don't have hot water, I will be at my parents or suddenly join a gym or something. Well, you know, it's appropriate as we, again, as we come up on the anniversary of the beginning of, oh my gosh, what the heck are we about to encounter? I think a lot of us utilized a lot of dry shampoo in those first few weeks of lockdown. And so you could just re-embrace like baby wipes and dry shampoo until you have a working water heater again. Yeah, my skin's so dry from the Iowa winter. It's probably good that I'm giving it a little bit of a break. So, you know. Yeah. And I mean, we have a big snowstorm coming in. So who knows if I'll actually see any people. So, you know. That's true. That's true. I'll just um my family. For those of you who don't live north of, like, Missouri. So our friends to the north have been hammered all winter long. They have so much more snow than we got. But um, I know I'm south of Danielle about an hour and we're hearing anywhere from one to six inches is what we're forecasted to get, which could mean we get nothing or we get 12. That's usually how it works. Yeah, Um, they canceled. They canceled um, student conferences at my kid's school. And so. Um, they kind of already gave them a snow day tomorrow, which means when they get back from spring break, we have another half of a day off because they have to make up those conferences. So, um, so you already didn't have school on Friday and now you don't have school tomorrow? Pretty much. They have a half uh-huh. of a day tomorrow, but yeah. So, Sorry, parents. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. So, um, Kim, anything else you want to say about things happening in Bachelor land? Yes. Yes, I do. I think that Katie and Zach knew each other before the show. Oh, did you read a rumor or is this just your feeling? Well, I kind of already thought it. And then I've read a couple of takes on it because she is from Austin Austin is not that, I mean, it's a big city, but they may have like, 
interacted with each other or seen each other on dating apps. And then also I feel like he would be more interested in being, having her be his one because nothing in his life would change. He wouldn't have to move anywhere. <laughs> he wouldn't have to travel anywhere to see her. Yeah. I'm I, not saying she's a plant. I'm saying that I think maybe they knew each other or knew of each other before she was on the show. So I really like her and I do too. That I like too is I felt like they've chosen dates that I would actually want to go on. Like they haven't done as many. And I wonder if this is also Zach, but like they haven't done as many. There's one, but like of them, like jumping out of planes or like some of the high adrenaline ones, there's been a little bit, but not as much as I feel like there usually is. And I just do you think it's budgetary reasons? Do you think they just don't have as big of a budget anymore? So they have to be a little bit, but like you can do a lot of really cool stuff on the cheap. Yeah. Inflation's hitting us all hard. (laughs) (laughs) They're like no hard boiled eggs. Cost of life crisis is hitting everywhere. Not just here. I don't know. I mean, it seems to me like, I feel like her and Ariel are the two like, top like front runners yeah I think that he's like intrigued by Ariel like he's curious and like finds her mysterious but like I don't know that I feel that strongly and then I really like Charity Charity but Charity's too good for him and I just don't know that I feel like they have a real connection at all and then I think him and Gabby have fun together but yeah. I just don't see him choosing her and so I don't know it's like really that's the thing if you want to make this one not about the drama then you need to make it about the love and the relationships and I don't think we got either nope I agree okay anything I agree. else no I don't think so I think I think next week um, is going to be a, a wild one. We've got Hometowns and Women Tell All. Yeah. That's a busy week. It is a busy week. I'm excited. So I'm yeah. supposed to do a shout out to some listeners, but I don't really know how to look that up. So I'm going <laughs> to tell you all, I'm going to give a shout out to our listeners right here in Cedar Falls, Iowa, because you're the winter. And I do know that we have some local listeners. And to those of you that are not local, thank you so much for listening. Um, This is such a blast for Kim, Bill, and I. It's just, (laughs) it's, it adds a little um, levity to our lives. So um, thanks for listening. Yep. Bye. You have been listening to Bachademia. With your hosts, Danielle Dick McGue, Kim Hanna, and Bill Henney. All thoughts and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the person who spoke them. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the show, leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your family, friends, colleagues, and other ardent Bachelor fans. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at bachadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.